Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. In our experience, money decisions are as much heart as they are head. That's why it's important to listen to both. For over 100 years, Thrivent has helped clients with advice, investments, insurance, banking, and generosity. So they can live a life that's full as well as fulfilling. Let's go beyond the numbers and have a heart-to-heart about your finances. See how your money can do more at Thrivent.com. Thrivent is the marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans. Thrivent.com slash disclosures.
What is up, everybody? This is the Belly Up Fantasy Live football show. Of course, as always, I'm joined by Justin Herrera, SemtexMex93 on Twitter, uh, Chris Dauhauer, um, down in the bottom. And of course, I'm your host, Adam LaRue, at LaRue Adam on Twitter. What is up, gentlemen? How were your NFL uh, weekends? Uh, yeah, how, how, how did you feel about week eight? How did your fantasy teams do? Um, how are we doing today? What's going on? Yeah, so fantasy team-wise, not so wonderful. Lost in both my major leagues, um, including one of those leagues to Dan, um, my fellow co-host on oh, no. Fantasy Football <laughs> Show, by, by 1.5 points. Um <laughs> I'd like to thank Patrick Mahomes for that, for allowing Tyreek Hill to outscore you because he had Tyreek Hill and I had Patrick Mahomes, and, yeah, that's where it went all wrong. I also had Darrell Williams on both my teams, another reason I fell short. I uh, lost by about seven points the last game. That touchdown would have been nice to have. But some first Derek Gore, not Frank Gore, but Derek Gore popped out of the blue somewhere and got some yards and touchdowns. Yeah. Or a touchdown, I should say. I heard that Frank Gore had changed his name to Derek. <laughs> when, I, when I read the box score, I almost lost my mind. I was like, where the hell did Frank Gore come from? Did Adam Gase come back into the league somewhere on the Chiefs, and I didn't know about it. The Washington <laughs> offense would also looks kind of like the, that was bad on that was bad Monday night. Yeah, really bad, and I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll get into that. The Chiefs, I mean, they've got some real issues to work through. I think, you know, they've got – a ton of talent. I don't think that's in question, but they got some issues to work out, whether that's a scheme or off the field or, or whatever it is. Something's going up. Um, speaking of off the field, I would be remiss to not mention um, uh, what happened with, with rugs earlier today. Um, that is awful. Uh, rest in peace uh, to those, um, the woman uh, he struck and killed uh, her, whose car uh, he struck and then, you know, um, but yeah, awful, awful situation uh, in Las Vegas. Yep. Um, unfortunately, that's not what you you guys are really going to come to us for. Um, as much as I'd love to talk about how awful that situation is and, you know, how dumb it is that, you know, an athlete in that position you know, it doesn't get an Uber or get the team security person to go pick them up or whatever. We do need to talk about the fantasy ramifications of that. Um, whether that's Brian Edwards, whether that's Zay Jones getting extra snaps, whether someone else is coming in. Um, you know, those are the things we're going to have to talk about just because that's what this show is. Um, but we'll get to that, I'm sure, throughout the show. Um, but before we do that, we have our, our belly ups and our belly flops. Um, we're going to get straight into that um, for the show. All right, guys. So, uh, Chris, do you want to kick us off there? Sure. So, if my belly up is going to go with Mr. Michael Carter from the Jets. Uh, he had one of his best games of the season by far. Um, was dominant in the passing game and the running game. And, I mean, the Jets actually moved the ball. It's a miracle. And they won. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Two miracles. Belly up, Michael Carter. He had like nine catches, almost like 100 yards. Yeah, he, he dominated that game. And Ty Johnson was still good too, so. Yeah, both of them had uh, yeah. pretty good games. Um, so so I, I hate to uh, be that guy to you, Chris, but my belly up is Tyreek Hill. <laughs> because, 
it's impressive that with Mahomes playing the way he did, uh, he is that you know Mahomes is really struggling right now mm-hmm. to be like even it it impacted Kelsey. Uh, you know, Travis Kelsey had not certainly not his best day. I actually won on the guise of that. I needed um, I needed uh, Kelsey to score five less than Danny Dimes. And I did not expect for that to be what happened. Um, but but nonetheless, you know, Kelsey struggled, Mahomes struggled. Tyreek Hill scored 20 plus. You know, Chiefs offense suffered. He was still fine. That's, uh, you know, pretty incredible on his part. Um, you know, just getting a lot of catches for, you know, 90 something yards. All right, Justin. Uh, mine is A.J. Brown. Kicked it off with a 57-yard touchdown, and then he just absolutely went berserk afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, he ended up, I think, with nine catches, 157 yards, and that lone touchdown. But, yeah, so obviously the sleeping giant is uh, is awake. Uh, just in time, though, for, unfortunately, Derrick Henry's uh, exit in this year. So, yeah. Yeah, so my other belly up's gonna have to go with welcome back, Tyler Lockett from the from the scoop. I had no idea what was going on the last few weeks. It was you've been awful, but Tyler Lockett got back into his dominating self, had his big game. Uh granted it was against Jacksonville, but you're excited to see anybody Geno Smith can get the ball to, particularly Tyler Lockett, who's been basically struggled since week two in the injury he kind of occurred. So hopefully he's back and healthy and maybe he can be productive again for you in fantasy. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so my my second guy here is you know, a lot. He was a popular pickup off the waiver wire, get a start out of him guy uh, last week. He did not pick up the flashiest numbers in the catches or yards category, but Randall Cobb got you two touchdowns. So that's all uh, that matters. <laughs> Three receptions, fifteen yards, two touchdowns. That'll still get you your fantasy points. Um, you know he was. Just due to the situation uh, with the Packers receiving group, a lot of guys picked him up, um, you know, expecting him to just be a volume guy just because, you know, no Devontae Adams, no MVS. There's, like, just no options. Um, you know, he, he didn't have that great of a game really uh, outside of the red zone. But, uh, you know, he, where it mattered, he got the ball. You know, so uh, kudos to him for and kudos to the managers that that threw him in as a, a flex or wide receiver option this week. Yeah, my last one is going to be another guy who scored two touchdowns. And no, it's not James Conner who did it in that game and was equally useless. Um, but it was didn't the Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Awesome-ass game. Asserted himself as an alpha when T.Y. Hilton was in the game. And then, you know, T.Y. actually exited the game late. And he's actually rolled out for Thursday. So even better. Now Michael Pittman is for sure the alpha. He's going to have alpha numbers this week. 
And if Carson Wentz can kind of reel in his hero ball attitude, you know, he's probably going to be a good week to week high end wide receiver two, wide receiver one level player for you. Absolutely. So then we will move on to the belly flops. Um, Justin, you can start on this one. DeAndre Swift. Um, I did not expect him to have his crap game against the Eagles. I thought this was going to be another explosive game. Thought he was going to catch a couple touchdowns or maybe just like one touchdown and one rushing touchdown. Nope. Everybody on the Lions was putrid. Everybody was calling for this to be the game that they were going to win. He only had five catches for like 24 yards and 12 carries for 27 yards. Belly flop. Yeah, so my belly flop's going to have to go to a kind of a, a few people involved in this situation, and that was the remaining Texans' backfield other than Rex Burkhardt. Um, I'm confused how Rex Burkhead all of a sudden rose to the top of the pile. We had Ingram move on. There's a lot of talk. It's going to be David Johnson's backfield. You're going to see more of Philip Lindsay. Yeah, guess what? None of that materialized, and Rex Burkhead, with his 37 or 40 yards, led the team in rushing. An atrocious effort versus uh, the Rams and just a completely baffling running back situation. Belly flop Texans. <laughs> That's probably like the motto of the entire season for the Texans. Maybe it really is, but I mean, I, I thought there would be some value between one of those two guys, and they find out, yeah, it's not David Johnson, it's not Phil Lindsay. We're, we're working out Rex Burkhead out of the backfield, and then he's going to be the number one scorer, which even that wasn't very productive. So it's, that was a – ooh. Yeah. Um, my belly flop is Dalvin Cook, who – it just hurts when a player has a genuinely, like, solid game uh, and you get little to no points out of it. Uh, Dalvin Cook had 18 carries, 78 yards, no touchdowns. No receptions. You just get your 7.8 points. That's it. Uh, it's just one of those things where he played fine. This isn't on him, really. It's just for fantasy. That really hurts to see. It's like uh, I think Nick Chubb had a, a similar game earlier in the season where he had you know 20 carries, 100 yards, but that only gets you your 10 points if you have no catches and, and no touchdowns. Um, games like that suck. They're really unfortunate. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll get back to that game. Oh, my next one. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jalen Hurts is my second one. I'm going to stick in the same game because on the flip side, we all thought Jalen Hurts, I mean, he seemed like an easy DFS play. Like he was going to smash that one out of the ballpark. Um, I mean, he didn't ruin the game. I mean, it was hard to see see how he would. Uh, the Lions defense was absolutely horrendous, but, you know, 71 yards rushing, and 100 yards passing, that really doesn't get the job done if you started him. Uh, so he's a belly flop. Yeah, that's a good one, Justin. I think I think Jalen Hurts hurt some people this week. I think we're expecting a lot more out of him than they really actually got, especially versus that matchup. Oh, yeah, 100%. I only got 11 points out of him this week. I was so yeah. disappointed. I was like, I could have fucking started, you know, Justin Herbert, who had another disappointing game, got another eight points, you know? And he threw picks. So, yeah. Yeah, I thought, actually thought about Justin Herbert with my belly flop, but I'm actually going to go with another guy that people put in line with pie with confidence, and that was Kyle Pitts. Uh, Kyle Pitts was, you know, the new flavor of the week in Atlanta, had come off back-to-back 100-yard games, rolled out there versus the Carolina Panthers, who've been getting kind of lit up lately in the secondary. 
and did absolutely nothing for you guys. And two catches for 12 yards. Not what you're expecting out of your number one receiver now with Calvin Ridley uh, possibly out for an extended period of time. I like that. <clears throat> my uh, my final one will be Justin Jefferson. <sighs> that game <laughs> game just kind of led to a lot of disappointment for my fantasy lineup in in, uh, in particular, but also a lot of people's. Uh, you know, definitely roster both Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook on the same team. I was definitely in a lot of pain um, when this wasn't the high-scoring matchup that most of us expected to be, of course. Uh, the pace was much different, not having back Prescott. Um, but that doesn't excuse the fact that, you know, Kirk Cousins, is so he's so weird, man. He really does just play down to the level of the opponent, no matter who that opponent is. Especially um, at home. No. It's better on the road and by far. It's weird. Yeah, it's just so strange. It's like... I don't know. It doesn't matter. He could be playing against Mahomes. He can be playing against Cooper Rush. He will play like that other person all of the time. Um, well, I guess he wouldn't really want to play like Mahomes right now. Uh, but I digress. Uh, two receptions for 21 yards. Not really cutting it for Justin Jefferson, but uh, also the four targets from Kirk Cousins. That's not cutting it either. So uh, we're just going to call that a bad game, call it a wash, and move on. He Justin Jefferson stays in your lineups, but that one, you know, it hurts. It, it really does hurt. <laughs> so with that, um, it's our top takes of the week. Um, so Real just quick, kind of, yeah. I would be. I know we didn't talk about who Belly up voted for this week um, for the player of the the week, You're but right. I just want to shout out somebody who probably, hopefully, nobody started this guy in fantasy. But who had Mike White leading the league in passing yardage this week? We expected Mike White to have three touchdown passes. Wow. Yeah. Yep. Shout out Mike White. I think the only person was that one guy um, who, who I lovingly share a state with. The one guy in New Jersey that bet him to lead the league in passing yards. Um, well, hurt so, $25,000. Yes. That. yes so did. that guy uh, – He's my pick for player of the week. Uh, no, but seriously, the winner of that award is, and thank you for reminding me, um, is Michael Carter. Uh, so the other member of that Jets offense and, and who you uh, mentioned earlier, um, you know, had an absolute monster week. Uh, a, a lot of surprise running backs had some really good weeks that we didn't really necessarily uh, get to get to talk about. Um, but yeah, a, a lot of surprise monster running back weeks. Um, but I was getting ahead of myself, but now we really will get into the top takes from the week. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start here. Um, and this is just kind of a tip, I guess. Keep in mind that in most leagues, the, the trade le- deadline for your fantasy leagues coming up in the next, say, week or two. Uh, I know most of my leagues is around week 10. Um, we're starting week nine, so we've got, you know, 10 or so days, um, you know, to fire those off. Um, I'm sure that can vary by league, but just, you know, now's the time where start getting those last minute moves in. Obviously the NFL trade deadline was four and a half hours ago, four hours, 45 minutes ago, 4 PM today, um, 4 PM Eastern time, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, just be cognizant of that trade deadline, especially with the ravaging that rosters took over the weekend with, you know, 
all, all the injuries and then of course the the rug situation. Um, so I'm gonna say my fantasy take is um. Don't spend all your fab on somebody like an Adrian Peterson. Um, I know it's late in the season, kind of getting running back hungry. Um, kind of to Adam's point, you know, trade deadline's coming up. So maybe look to make a trade for somebody who's been kind of struggling a little bit. You know, maybe go out and see if you can get a trade for like maybe a Clyde Edwards-Alaire who's coming off IR. Um, but – to, to go out and spend all your fab on somebody who's 36 and is going to be fed the ball at a, a very high rate, but probably won't offer any of the returns, like not even like maybe 50% of the return that you would get from Derrick Henry is kind of absurd, especially when they've already established McNichols is going to get his touches in this lineup. So yeah, that's just my, my tip is that I see a lot of people, you know, talking about how much do I spend on uh, Peterson? Do I spend 30? Do I spend 40% of what I've left? You know, spend a rational number. You know, you still got a whole another half of the season in playoffs. So, you know, waivers don't go away. Trade deadline does. Try and make a deal. Agreed. Yeah, my top take for this fantasy week is going to have to be be prepared for a crazy second half of the season. Uh, Adam kind of touched upon it with all these major injuries, all these different situations going on and off the field. Uh, players basically not wanting to be in situations like a la OBJ when, you know, not happy. Deshaun Jackson possibly getting picked up by a contender if he gets cut. So you got to be prepared. Um, you know, Adam talked about would you spend your money wisely on. Also, you know, be smart with your roster, but don't be afraid to kind of turn it over. You're going to need to grab a lot of different guys because right now you're not going to really know who's going to go off from week to week and you're going to prepare yourself for everything and anything. That's facts, and um, I, I brought him up a lot last week. I didn't want to bring him up as a, <laughs> as a uh, you know, a belly up, uh, just because it's kind of redundant because he only really got it because of the touchdown. But I, again, I mentioned him a lot last week, and this is kind of to your point about you know, make sure you're turning over the bottom of your roster. Jamal Agnew has had ten plus points in PPR three weeks in a row. He had like fifteen this week. Most of it was because he got a touchdown. He got six catches. He only had like thirty five yards. But the point remains. Some of those guys that you're turning over on the bottom of your roster, some of them do hit. Like, it's an obnoxiously low rate for every, like, in a dynasty league where you're just turning over your last three or four guys on, like, a, you know, 15-person bench. It might take you, you know, six or seven guys for one hit. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. But one hit's worth it. Um, especially if, if during a bye week, you can actually put them in as a flex. Um, 
So, you know, to your point, just churn the bottom of your roster. Um, there's no reason to be complacent with some some of these droppable guys, which is we'll, we'll get into who those guys are, uh, you know, briefly. Um, before we do that, though, uh, we're going to get some of the guys that we should be adding to our rosters. Um, so our roster removes in both season-long and dynasty. Um, Chris, we'll kick it back to you. So, yeah, for me, I think some of the guys you want to make sure you're keeping in mind for waiver-related-wise is looking at the running backs and looking at, like, a Jared Patterson and somebody like that where you see guys who are banged up in the backfield and try to anticipate that maybe they're going to not make it. You know, um, you don't want to worse to worse on anybody, but right now as the season kind of progresses and you see more aware and target on some of these guys, you're going to see some of these running backs starting to fade, particularly if they had long, lingering injuries. So I would try to pick up that back and look for guys who maybe you're, you're kind of worried about. Um, you know, even Adam talked about a little bit earlier about Dalvin Cook having an average game. Dalvin Cook's a guy who, you know, historically gets banged up here or there. People are talking about getting rid of Madison, and dropping from your roster. I think that's a guy if you're, you're smart about, you try to add, look for a lot of handcuffs, try to add to your team as possible because as this kind of moves forward, I think you want to look at those guys, look at the Peyton Barbers, look at the different players out there just in case, you know, some of these starters don't get healthy through the season. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you want to take it or do you want me to take it? You go for it. Okay. Um, so, yeah, as far as waivers go, um, a lot of these guys, it becomes like a volume game. A um, couple guys to throw out there. Pat Fryer has gotten three or seven targets in the past two games, and Ebron's out for right now. So, you know, he got ramped up a little bit more this week because he got the touchdown. You know, that's a good amount of points going your way if you uh, if you just pick him up. Um, also with another guy I'm going to talk about is uh, Jamal Agnew. Jamal Agnew got 12 targets this past week, was pretty much the only thing effective in that Jaguars offense. Uh, obviously, Chenault's not working out. Jones is hit or miss. So they're going to go with the guy who's working, and that's Agnew right now. So those are the kind of guys you want to kind of get. Another guy I'm going to throw out in some leagues he's available, uh, Jameson Crowder. 30 targets in the only four games that he's played. So, you know, that's a guy that you could probably lock and load, especially with Mike White at the helm right now. He seems like he's instilled a little bit of energy into that offense. And he'll be in there until probably like week 11. They were talking about bringing uh, Zach Wilson back to practice week 10, but not necessarily playing him as of right now. So just a couple guys to think about. Yeah. Um, along that same lines uh, as Crowder, um, you know, he's probably not available in most competitive 12 person leagues, but definitely in either a work league or in a, even a competitive 10 person league. Uh, Brian Edwards is relatively available um, is now Definitely, you know, the next up there, um, you know, with, with rugs dropping out. Um, yeah, so he's someone that I'm definitely going to go ahead and add and redraft if he's available. Again, more likely, more than likely in, in work leagues, more casual leagues, or in, um, in you know, smaller leagues. Uh, from the dynasty side, and that, you know, same system, Zay Jones, when he's gotten snaps, hasn't been awful this season. Um, it's just, again, part of that bottom of the roster churn, grab them, see what happens for the first couple weeks. Don't be afraid to drop them if it doesn't work out, but certainly, you know, see if he's picking up a significant portion of the snaps. It's not like they have a ton of receivers on that roster, so it doesn't hurt to just 
you know, get him, see what it, what happens. And again, don't be afraid to drop him in two weeks if he doesn't do anything, but it doesn't hurt to grab him uh, if you've got a, a deep bench in Dynasty. What do you think yeah, about – Um, I just got a quick question for you. What do you think about the prospects of Kenyon Drake after this? I mean, we kind of saw him fitting a little bit more of the pass-catching role these past two games. You know, do you think that, you know, with these rugs targets now opened up, it, wealth is going to be spread around? Is it going to be mostly Brian Edwards-centric? Maybe – I'm thinking Hunter Renfro is going to see an uptick, mm-hmm. which, I mean, he's already getting like eight targets on average, so – an uptick on that will be very promising. Yeah, I, I think the offense already spreads it out a decent little bit, but I think it will be mm-hmm. a, an uptick to, um, you know, most involved. Um, I don't, you know, predict Zay Jones having any crazy impact. I think mostly it'll be the already starting guys uh, getting an uptick. But uh, to your point, Kenyon Drake is really interesting, uh, especially Josh Jacobs has been relatively ineffective so far this season. Um so there's while I think he'll still maintain most of his early down rushing work, um, there's really no reason for him not to start losing a little bit of snaps, at least as far as uh, third downs and, you know, situations like that go. Uh, so to see Kenyon Drake on the field a little bit more, thus making him available to be that receiving back a little bit more, it certainly makes sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to go around for our second round of uh, of ads? Uh, yes, I'm going to go with the Boston Scott and the Eagles backfield. Um, I regret myself not picking him up this week. I, I kept thinking he was going to be a play. I got worried about the Jordan Howard usage. You know, Jordan Howard did one of having two touchdowns and being involved in this game. But I think Boston Scott has a safer floor in that backfield. It's obvious that Kenneth Gainwell is not the guy that they're wanting to move forward. This situation reminds me so much of the Colts backfield in last year. Uh, uh, Boston Scott is the Jeff Wilkins. So as long as he's out there and actually playing, he's probably going to get usage because he actually throws the ball and runs the ball and isn't taken out in goal line situations. Gamewell seems more of the specialist back where he's going to only catch the ball. And Jordan Howard seems to have the short role, short yardage role, a la Jonathan Taylor early in the season last year for the Colts. So I think, you know, the touchdowns are tempting, but Boston Scott brings all the best of the both worlds. And as long as Miles Sanders is on IR and out, I think he's a great speculative ad for everybody in the backfield. Man, yeah. that that Gainwell, man, that was such a bust on that week. Oh my god, it was that burned a lot of people, and that running back group was was wild uh, to see to see Boston Scott and Jordan Howard popping off. Um, so my other ads um, for redraft, I was gonna go ahead and say McNichols. Uh, if I'm gonna get a Titans running back, it's gonna be him um, in redraft. And then as far as Dynasty is concerned. Um, I think we all have an assumption about which way this is going to go. And I think that assumption is probably correct. But again, dynasty leagues, you typically have pretty long benches. There's no reason to not just, especially most actually really only in super flex, but in the super flex, there's no reason to not pick up Trevor Simeon just in the crazy chance that, that Sean Payton decides he wants to keep Taysom Hill in a gadget role and wants someone else to play quarterback. Uh, it's not like Taysom Hill lit the world on fire when he played quarterback last season. Uh, better than Trevor Simeon. Again, don't get it twisted. I think Taysom Hill will likely be the starter. But crazier things are happened. It doesn't hurt, especially if you have someone, you know, that you don't really need to be giving that roster spot to. It doesn't hurt to have the upside of a, a low-end QB2 on your bench for Superflex, especially uh, a lot of buys are coming up on the next couple weeks. 
Yeah. Um, for my last one, it's going to be kind of like the, it's kind of like being a combo. It's, um, they're not on the same team or anything, but it's a, a QB combo for anybody who has like a two QB league that may have just lost Jameis. Um, you know, like you said, Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill are both seemingly good ads at that point. I mean, the offense seems to be flowing regardless. It might not be near what it could be with Jameis, but you know, People are going to get their touches in that offense. Um, and then my other one is Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor is coming back from IR. Um, he's in practice. He's supposedly taken at least half the snaps, half the first team snaps. He was really good when for the first two games that we saw him. It was really a game and a half. But, you know, he looked like he had some sort of command of this offense, and the offense seemed to be a lot better with him in it. Um, so, I mean, having him back, it can't hurt. I mean, it can't hurt Brandon Cooks because he's been almost like quarterback proof at this point. He's been rocking it with Davis Mills. Um, but, you know, it might help out with this uh, running back crew, you know, maybe get David Johnson a little bit more involved. Um, also might help with the progress in Nico Collins. And at this point, if you're really like looking for a QB2 in like a bye week situation or like I said, like an injury situation, you can't – I mean – can't go wrong if the guy gets you 15 points. I mean, at least he got you that. And that's pretty much what he'll give you. He'll give you like maybe a touchdown, 250 yards, and hopefully no interceptions. So could be worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, absolutely worth investing in situations like that. Um, all right, so we're going to move in on to some of the guys uh, who you should be dropping to make those ads or to just, you know, you know go through your roster churn. Um, I'll go ahead and start it off. Uh, this is kind of an obvious one, kind of a gimme one, um, not like some crazy take. Um, this is the end of Ricky Seals-Jones. It was a fun little ride. Uh, we got a great value streaming a tight end, but Logan Thomas is more than almost, like I would say 95% coming back after the buy. So, you know, when it's back to Logan Thomas, Great run, uh, Ricky Seals, but so long for now. Yeah. Adios, bon voyage for Kenneth Gainwell for me. Uh, I think that we mm-hmm. saw we need to see this backfield. You don't seem to be the future. There was questions whether it was going to be you or Sanders. You know, you, Sanders kind of took over more and more playing time as the season progressed. And what you saw last week with Howard and Scott basically phasing him out. So, you know, Kenneth Gainwell to me is definitely a dropable player. Nice. Um I'm going to go with uh, John U. Smith. Uh, I think this is about the third week. You know, he's really been putting up inferior numbers to Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry just seems to be the guy who Mac Jones is most comfortable with. Um, at this point, you know, I think you could definitely find a better streaming tight end than John U. Smith. Agreed. Agreed. Um, my next up will be... This one's a little bit more controversial than my, my previous one, but I think we're there with Alex Collins. I think that offense sucks um, without Russell Wilson. It sucks, and he's splitting work. Splitting work in a bad offense is not a recipe for success. He may put up good fantasy numbers if he gets a touchdown, but really – is he any more than a, a poor man's version of what Mark Ingram was to start the season? And do you want a poor man's version of what Mark Ingram was early on in the season to 
have any roster spot in your your roster, no, there there's just no reason for it. Um, I, I think games like this past one where he played fine, this isn't an indictment on Alex Collins. He had 10 carries for 44 yards, you know, 4.4 yards per carry. That's good. But if you're going to be splitting your carries with Rashad Penny and DJ Dallas and, and Travis Homer is going to get a couple catches and you're not catching any balls. Like if you're not ever going to catch the ball out of the backfield, then your only value is really touchdowns. And I'm not going to trust you to get touchdowns if the offense is barely getting any in the first place and you're only getting half the carries anyways, you're not getting the volume to really get those touchdowns. So uh, I've, I'm done with Alex Collins. Yeah. And Chris Carson could possibly be back in week 10. They're talking about after the buy as well. So I don't disagree with that at all. Um, I'm going to stick to the tight end position. Justin kind of was talking about the tight ends earlier. And for me, I think it's time to say goodbye. If you uh-huh. still have them for some reason, uh, Jared Cook, I keep hearing that he's going to have his you know good game for the Chargers. You can never guess when that game's going to happen. You're never going to be able to play him with confidence. I think Pardon's the better physical player in, in reality, so I think there's only inevitably does take his job in you know, in dynasty leagues especially. But I think in standard leagues, I think Jared Cook is time his time is over. He had his little spurt early in the season. That's usually all you're ever going to get from this guy. Don't hold on to him and wait. Um. So my final one's going to be Russell Gage. Um, technically supposed to be the wide receiver one in Atlanta, and that is scary as all hell. Um, Tajay Sharp definitely proved to be a much better option this week. Um, there's Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, you can't expect him to have a dud week every week. I mean, his other week without Calvin Ridley, he went for 130 yards on nine catches and a touchdown. So, you know, this could just be a one-week fluke. But – one that's not a one-week fluke is Russell Gage. He's been poor all season long. He had one good game last week. And, you know, I, I think it's just time to cut bait, cut loose on him, let him go. Yeah, agreed. Um, my last one, and this is back to a, another gimme. Um, you lucked out with Randall Cobb. It worked, but you lucked out. And also, we're more than likely getting Devontae Adams back, and we were already very close to getting MBS back. Uh, so he's going to be the wide receiver three at best. And nobody even really knows who the wide receiver two, three, four, whatever is. Um, again, he got 15, he got 15 yards. Uh, you lucked out with the touchdowns worked out. I respect the process, but that process is gone. And so is Randall Cobb. <laughs> Chris, uh, unless you have anything, we can move on to some trades. No, we can jump into the trades, absolutely. All right, cool, cool, cool. Um, so for – go ahead. No, you, actually, yeah, you kick it off. Um, so for me, one of the things to keep in mind, and there's a couple guys I'll just mention by name, but this is something just as the season comes, those of you live in the East Coast woke up this morning, it was cold as hell outside, uh, a little bit chilly. So get prepared to get yourself some big running backs. You no, know, Derrick Henry's not out there anymore, but it doesn't mean you want to get your hands on some of those other guys who can be crucial during the season, as especially as it gets colder and the running game returns. So the people like A.J. Dillon, if you can get your hands on the A.J. Dillon or a Zach Moss, some of the bigger backs in the league who are hard to tackle, bigger guys maybe don't have a key role right now, but as, if, you know, as the temperatures change and the snow hits the ground, they're going to have a lot of production now for you down the road. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Justin? Uh, I think one guy to target is Nick Chubb coming back after an injury. Um, 
didn't have the best week, didn't have the worst week, but you know, it's it's not what we usually expect from him. You know, the Browns always do a really good job of kind of easing him back into it. They kept Ernest Johnson around, kind of used that as something like a leverage pool, like, oh, he's not gonna put up as much numbers because the Ernest Johnson's there and then Kareem Hunt's coming back. You know, try and get yourself a trade for him because like Chris said, you need running backs. Um, everybody needs running backs, but at this particular point, you know, running backs are falling off like crazy, and you need to have as many as you can. So load up, try and get Nick Chubb on a cheap price. You know, if you got an excess of receivers or tight ends, see if you can get rid of get rid of one and uh, put Chubb on your roster. I desperately need some running backs. Desperately. <laughs> oh, bro, I got, I got Taylor and Gibson as my, like, starters, and Gibson's, like, done right now for the bye week. I'm like – going around my entire league going, come on, man, give me something. Give me something. <laughs> Literally anything, please. <laughs> I have the whole back – I have the whole injured backfield. I have Montgomery, Hilaire in both those leagues, and Christian McCaffrey. Tell me about having a running back situation. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I started Darrell Williams and, and Herbert. That's what I have to start my backfield most weeks right now. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. I, I – one of my money leagues, I, I was there for a little bit to begin the season when – uh when both Dalvin Cook and Joe Mixon were down for a couple weeks, I was in a lot of pain. Um, that league, um, and those things might be related. Um, have, I have now gone from one and four to four and four now that those guys are healthy. Um, yeah, uh, uh, for me, as far as trades are concerned, uh, Dalton Schultz is a really intriguing target to me. Uh, Dak's going to be back sooner than later. And really, his performance hasn't really fallen off. Um, Cooper Rush just didn't really get the ball to him very well. Um, he, he got seven targets, uh, just only, you know, two receptions for 17 yards. Obviously had the bye a week before and had been on this streak before that. Um, you know, he still seems to be the dominant tight end. Again, seven targets. Um, I'm not concerned about him at all. And it's really only – it's been two weeks without any type of performance, and one of those is the bye. Um, really, I doubt that that many owners are, um, you know, panicking with him yet. However, um, it has still been two weeks without any points from him. Um, so this is when owners are – you know, some owners might get a little um, antsy, and you may be able to get a steal out of them. So just, you know, check. It, you know, because a good tight end is a cheat code. I mean, uh, you know, the drop off in that position is nuts. So you can get someone like him who can get you even if, even if you say he gets 13 a week, that's so much better than, say, 10th of the position that it's just worth it to go make a move for him. Yeah. No, 100%, especially with Waller not performing well this year. Kelsey's been a little bit dropped off. Hawkinson hasn't been the beast that we thought he was going to be. He's shown flashes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Go out and get somebody who's been very solid the entire season. Yeah. Back to you, Chris. Yeah, so my other trade thing is to kind of look at uh, quarterback situations and try to target some guys like a Patrick Mahomes maybe or Justin Herbert. Some of these quarterbacks who you know have the pedigrees there, you know the abilities there, but they've been kind of disappointed over the last few weeks. To me, it's always better to have a, a, a nice, good player at a quarterback option. I know a lot of people like to stream quarterbacks. You can always have it as a second option, but it never hurts to have a star quarterback if you get your hands on one, particularly if teams are desperate right now. As I'm kind of talked about, you know, and Justin about the running back situation, if you could package me one of your backup running backs or a guy you only have and think has a great shelf life down the road, 
maybe you can get yourself one of these key uh, play callers and it could be something that pans off for you as the season progresses because these guys are going to be bad forever. Yeah, that's a, a great point. Um, you know, a lot of people devalued the position, um, but those top-end guys still are, you know, incredibly valuable. Um, I have one for Dynasty. This is kind of twofold. They're both two guys at the wide receiver position who I think are both interesting in that they're having wide receiver two-like seasons. I don't think that's going to continue on the second half. And I also think for for Dynasty's sake, and this is why I I say this specifically for Dynasty, they're both in that weird category where they're old enough that they are at the top of their game, but in that three-year window, they're really not going to fall off. So whether you are a contender now or you're rebuilding, really neither of those guys, these guys is a bad buy. And that's Stephon Diggs and Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, Deontay Johnson, of course, PPR machine. Um, I think he'll probably continue to be like that after Ben. Uh, and then Stefan Diggs is Stefan Diggs. I don't really need an explanation there. I think too much. Um, his underperformance, again, is being a wide receiver too. Um, and so if you can get him at a discount, I think that's absolutely worth it. Uh, the volume for him is there. Uh, it's just, you know, hasn't gotten a lot of touchdowns. Um, you know, all signs point to him being fine. So I'm not too concerned about going and getting a Stephon Diggs. I'm going to stick with uh, your theme, Adam, on getting somebody on a discount in a dynasty league. Um, maybe if you're like, and I'm going to do this from a rebuilding aspect. So, you know, say you're rebuilding, you're one in six right now or one in seven right now. And you're saying, oh, well, shoot, like I've got Adam Thielen and I've got all these guys that are going to be aging out. You know, maybe you have Devontae Adams or something like that. This is the perfect time to start thinking towards the future. Start thinking about guys that maybe people aren't thinking down the line about. They're on their bench or something, you know. Think about, you know, Darnell Mooney. Think about a Rashad Bateman. You know, package these guys with picks and put them as like, you know, in an incubator pretty much on like your taxi squads and just kind of let them like develop. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Switching and saving with GEICO is easy, so you're free to ponder life's big questions. Like if a person can get discombobulated, does that mean the rest of the time they're just like, combobulated? Are we humans always in a state of combobulation? Until of course something dramatic happens, and we are discombobulated for a while. Then we go back to being combobulated. Yeah, that's probably how that works. Switch and save with GEICO. It's easier than you think. And, you know, here's the thing. Next year, you're going to have a guy who's coming off of – who's coming into his third season and Darnell Mooney, who's probably going to be the starter. You got Rashad Bateman, who's coming into his second season, who's most likely going to be, this like, the number one out in Baltimore. And, you know, you're not going to be as worried about, you know, giving away an Adam Thielen because at that point, you know, even if Adam Thielen's good next year – you're gonna have a guy. You're gonna have two guys that could be good for the next three years. Like Adam saying, like kind of have that three year pitcher. So 
you know, what I'm trying to get at is start thinking about like in a rebuild, thinking about who you want for that future. If you see somebody who can have a two year future, you know, maybe try and pawn them off to get, you know, more of a, a stable three to five year future going forward. I like it. <clears throat> uh, we have a question. And what do you think on Mike Williams for the rest of the year? I hate I think- that he didn't get good numbers against Jalen Mills. I really hate that. Um, I mean, I think if he gets healthy, it still seems like he's hampered by that knee injury. If he gets healthy, I think that he should be, you know, just fine the rest of the season. I think this was kind of a hiccup for the Chargers and Herbert. It's been two hiccups, maybe even three hiccups in a row here. But, you know, with a with a good quarterback like Herbert and, you know, the talent that's around them, obviously Eckler kind of picked it up again last week. Um, I think that this team will trend in the right direction, and that means I think Mike Williams will trend back in the right direction too. Sorry, I cut yeah. you off, Chris. No, that's fine. I think you make great, great points. Um, I think that for me, Mike Williams is at worst a receiver two for the rest of the year. At best, you probably have a receiver one. Let's not forget, other than like Cooper Cup, there's not a whole lot of number one receivers who have a number one type of years this year. So Mike Williams, while he might not be the most consistent guy, has been more one of the more consistent number one receivers out there. You know, Adam talk about Stephon Diggs, talk about Adam Thielen. A lot of guys, Justin Jefferson, come off the two catch game. You have a lot of guys who've been giving you a lot of you know misses here and there. So don't panic on Mike Williams. Like I said, I think it works as a receiver too. So got a lot of receiver one potential. This offense will get scoring again. And you know, they got blown out 45 nothing versus the Patriots last year. So I must say hate on what they did last this past week because I wasn't really surprised. The Patriots kind of have their number in some senses. But Mike Williams definitely has bright days ahead. Yeah. Uh, to your point, if anything, it was an improvement over the Patriots game last year. Um, so, so there's definitely um, that. Uh, did we get through all the, the trades? Any, anyone have anything left there? All right. Cool. Um, so before we move on, we are going to go ahead and hit a read from our sponsor, Manscaped. It's football season, baby, and you know what it means? It means we're going for two here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. Blitzing through hairs has never been easier, and it's time you join the 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by using code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping. It's three and out the window with all of the trimmers. Now go tame that Wildcat offense. As the world is starting to open up, the performance package 4.0 from Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you'll find their brand new lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, plus two free gifts, performance boxer briefs, and the shed travel bag. The performance package 4.0 from Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a key for a great grooming and hygiene routine. Make sure the boys downstairs are smooth like Tom Brady in the fourth quarter. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BELLYUPFANTASY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code BELLYUPFANTASY. Stiff arm your pubes out of the playoffs this year with Manscaped. Those ad reads are the best. (laughs) Um, They are. All right. We've hit... A fun time, and that we get to um, start previewing some of these games. And we're going to start off with Jets Colts um, this upcoming Thursday night game. All right, gentlemen, 
be honest with me, what which Jets team are we going to see this Thursday? Is it going to be what we saw the rest of the year or the terrifying being that was Mike White last week? Yeah, I think Mike White kind of, um, so to speak, shot his load this past week because I think that when you look at this guy, he had a great game, played really well. He was captain checkdown, which was similar to what he had done the week before. That's why I was yeah. really kind of bolder on Michael Carter. A lot of people questioned that, including Dan this past week on our PP, about PPR purposes. I said, look, this guy threw the ball to running back constantly. That's pretty much what he did again. Um, I think that what the difference is the Colts, because they actually can tackle pretty decently and they play the zone defense they do, where you can attack the Colts is down the field and being more aggressive, which more you struggle more so with, is they actually dinking and dunking them and having them trying to, like, you know, get by those guys. So I think Mike White's not a guy that I'm necessarily super high on this week. I think we're going to kind of go back to seeing that older Jets team we've seen previous um, because I think the zone is going to be a little bit more difficult to kind of be able to move the ball versus versus what they faced this past week in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's definitely um, a good point. With that, though, uh, how, how do you feel about the backs again? Uh, whether whether or not they'll have a chance to make you know some of the big breaks they did, uh, at least in PPR, they should still be getting the ball, uh, right? So, what do you what do you think about that, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I, I would be betting the, I would be playing Michael Carter this game just because, like you said, like you know, captain checkdown. It's not going to stop him. He's still going to do it, whether it's progressive or not. He's still going to do it. So, I mean, this guy, you know, got Michael Carter nine catches last week. And then I don't know how many he got Tyler Johnson, but, you know, he had a decent game too. I don't think they're going to go anywhere rushing because that Colts defense is really stout up front. I mean, they were, you know, manhandling uh, Derrick Henry in that game. Obviously, we found out he had a broken foot afterwards, but still, um, you know, that's a pretty impressive feat or foot. <laughs> Buttington. Um, but anyways, um, yeah, so also I want to look for Jamison Crowder in this game. You know, regardless of, you know, whether they can get it downfield or not, I think they're going to try and get Crowder at least six, seven targets. And then, you know, if Mike White can continue to project his energy onto this game, because sometimes you just need to put somebody else in there, right? Sometimes you just need to mix it up a little bit. And, you know, it works for other teams. And obviously some people come back down to earth the next week. Some people roll with it. Fitzpatrick-esque for a couple weeks. So we're kind of going to just find out who Mike White really is in this game. Um, I think on the flip side, the Colts got an ideal matchup for Michael Pittman going downfield. Um, I know they wish they had Tywee or <laughs> Tywee. <laughs> I was thinking Tyreek. Uh, T.Y. Hilton today are on that game. But um, yeah, so this could be this could be a good game for them. Jonathan Taylor, I hope they unleash him. I don't know why Frank Reich decides to pull back on Jonathan Taylor. Like, does anybody really have an explanation for why he pulls back on this guy? Because it's like Adam looks like you got an explanation for me. A little bit. Uh, it doesn't fully uh, cover it. Uh, it's still something that's incredibly infuriating. But what I will say is that there is a similarity here between, and for obvious reasons, between the Eagles running back situation this year uh, with Miles Sanders, why he wasn't getting enough carries, and why Jonathan Taylor isn't getting enough carries right now. They both run a decent bit of RPOs, and both quarterbacks like to make those POs more often than not. Uh, 
there's at least six or so times um, that Carson audibled out of what should have been running situations um, with Jonathan Taylor as the running back in the game. Um, so, you know, six carries does significantly change that. Um, and that's just the ones that, you know, people have caught on to. Of course, there's probably other situations where he audibled. Nobody really knew he did it uh, outside of obviously those in the building. Um, but there are six pretty obvious ones, What, whether an RPO with where the situation should have been run or just a, a pretty clear audible that he, you know, went for whatever reason, felt like he wanted to pass. Yeah. I mean, that interception, like literally in the end zone was absolutely <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. <laughs> well, and to your point that what I just said doesn't change the fact that there was no effort to get Jonathan Taylor involved in overtime. Um, that one, yeah. that's all in right. I can't help you with that one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, that's all the notes I got in this one. I, I really hope they get Jonathan Taylor more involved. He was looking, he looked, he started off the game with a, I think it was like 38 yard, you know, catch, like get this guy involved, man. Like this guy's your best weapon on the field and you're kind of just, you know, saying, eh, we're going to win it with Carson Wentz. It's not going to work. Not going to work. That's what happened to him in Philly. And that's why he ended up in Indianapolis. So, <laughs> Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, what I think is going to be really interesting and I wouldn't, you know, put any fantasy value towards it, but just kind of in the back of my head, um, there's certainly a path to the Colts being up pretty heavily uh, in this game. Uh, I'm not going to guarantee that because you both both teams have been pretty uh, all over the place this season, but there's certainly a path to the Colts being up by quite a bit. And if that happens, does Marlon Mack see the field a lot? Does he get utilized a lot if they're if they're up? Um, that'll be an interesting question. Um, that I'm all well. I want to know what happens because they play the Jaguars pretty soon afterwards, and that'd be a very similar situation. So then if you, you know, have an idea that Marlon Mack's going to get a lot of garbage time yards, then as they play the Jags two times uh, to close out the season, and you'll know that going forward. It's interesting he's still on the team. It is. I definitely expected – I think we all expected a little bit more from the trade deadline. I know the NFL mm-hmm. trade deadline is pretty uh, boring most of the time, but there are a couple pos- – moves that I thought made sense, whether Marlon Mack or Ronald Jones or, or what have you. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. not the baseball deadline, that's for sure. <laughs> I was going to say, it's definitely improved with some of the new GMs that have come into the league and have more of that NBA and, and baseball kind of mentality. But most of the part, the problem seems to be, in my opinion, the NFL is more talk and then actual action on the trade deadline. Everybody wants to hope the guys are going to move on. There's a lot of things that make sense about you know, veterans on last year's deals and other teams can kind of pick, take on their salary. But there seems to be this overarching issue with coaches where they just feel like it's impossible for somebody new to learn their playbook unless, by the way, you get a sign off the streets and suddenly get thrown into a lineup. But it's if they trade for you, it's like you, you can't learn it. And it's just that, that's just I never understand why it really happens because they can throw their guys in there off the streets, like I said, but they can't trade for somebody because somehow it's going to be too hard for them to learn the system now. Yeah, you're right. You're 100% right. They would much rather have someone off the street who doesn't know any playbook uh, than to have someone coming from a different one. Um, With that, though, we can move on to our next game um, in Vikings at Ravens. This is going to be a really interesting matchup. And, 
you know, another two teams that are pretty all over the place, I would say. Um, the Ravens have looked like one of the most dominant teams in the league at times. And at others, they've kind of fallen flat. Of course, they're, they're coming off of that, um, you know, loss to the Bengals. Um, and then, you know, Vikings, same way. They are <laughs> fall very, very flat. But uh, this is a way, Kirk Cousins, to your point, Chris. So, so, what, do you, what do you guys think uh, about this game? Yeah, I think this is actually a game you probably can't play Kirk Cousins because as I heard about it, I think Kirk Cousins absolutely is way better on the on the road. And I think this is actually a pretty good matchup for him. Um, these, these corners for the, the uh, for the Ravens have struggled most of this year. Um, and you have different guys who can kind of get untracked. I think Justin Jefferson is one of the guys that jumps out immediately to me. Um, you saw what Jamar Chase was able to do to the secondary. I'm not going to say he's going out there and get 200 yards as well, but I think he's definitely a competent play that you can put out there. Um, I think you're going to see a team's going to kind of struggle to run the ball inside, but you can attack the edges of this team, this Ravens team, and they are not great tackling this year, which is going to be really instrumental to see if they've got to fix that during this buy or not. If they haven't, then Dalvin Cook should be getting back on track. But I definitely think you're not going to see Dalvin Cook get, you know, shut out um, catches in the backfield. I think that you're going to see, if anything, you'll see some more volume in the receiving game. Maybe the yards you're hoping for, but it's just be a solid all-around production. Um, on the Ravens' side, I expect them to be back kind of where they were offensively uh, before the whole Cincinnati debacle. I think the Vikings are going to have a hard time containing Lamar Jackson. Vikings had a really good pass rush, but they just lost Daniel Hunter. Um, I don't think Griffin has, you know, Griffin's getting a little up, old, older there. I think if you can kind of take him away, that's basically all they really have on that front line right now. They definitely attacked the secondary. Um, I think Marquise Brown can get back on track. You had Bateman there for a whole, you know, extra couple of weeks kind of getting Justice's offense. I think the Ravens' offense would be pretty good this game. I think Lamar Jackson's going to be able to move the ball. How he's definitely must start. Um, I think that you're going to be able to support Marquez Brown and Mark Sanders, and maybe even be able to start Rashad Bateman this game. The running backs are where I would be interested to see is Tavis Murray healthy. Is it going to be Freeman? Is it going to be some kind of weird combo again? That's the part I probably still wouldn't necessarily touch. But I love the passing game the Ravens coming off the bye. Yeah, and something I want to mention here, <clears throat> excuse me, is that. Um, Divisional football can sometimes just be really weird. Uh, football in general can be really weird. Uh, mm -hmm. But sometimes you'll just see some bizarre outcomes in divisional games that you wouldn't really expect. Uh, it, it happens every single year. And it's just, I'm not going to beat up the Ravens for that Bengals loss. It's just, you know, I, I don't think they're that team. Now, they've been up up and down at other points throughout the year, but I certainly don't think they're that bad. I, def I agree with you. I see a bounce back. For, for them here. That offense is pretty good, even if um, they are doing everything they can to scrape together a functional running back, despite the fact that Tyson Williams is running probably five yards per carry. Yep. <laughs> Justin, do you have anything bad? Oh, yeah. This is going to be a Kirk Cousins 100-yard rushing game. Because <laughs> 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 he's going to mirror Lamar Jackson, like Chris said, the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, I, you guys pretty much covered it. I would want to touch on one thing. Um, I think Tyler Conklin's been doing pretty damn good these past couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, once again, we always say it on the show, who's going to be, is going to be Osborne or Conklin because this team can only really support three receivers with Dalvin cook, usually getting his receptions too. So 
it's just going to be another one of those weeks where you, you know, if you have either one of these guys and you have to flex them, it's kind of like a toss up. I think I'd more favor Conklin in this one, but you know, I think that easily could be a heads or tails. Let me ask you something, Justin, because this is where I think maybe a giveaway from my, at least my mind might be where it might be an Osborne over a Conklin this week. The Ravens love to blitz, and I expect them to kind of bring their pressure against this offensive line. Do you see that maybe being a reason that maybe Conklin has to stay back and kind of block more often and maybe it is more of an Osborne opportunity this week versus, you know, Conklin getting out in the field? I know the, I know Titans have been pretty successful as Ravens, but they've gotten kind of back into their blitzing ways of late. I'm kind of curious to see what your take is on that. Yeah, I mean, with that, you also have Chris Herndon to think about on that one. You know, Chris Herndon's been absolutely, you know, just there for blocking purposes anyways. Um, I think that they've been trying to get Conklin as as open as possible. And, you know, blitzing, obviously, you know, you're going to need that tight end to, you know, cover it. But, you know, like I said, this could easily be a heads or tails flip. I'm I'm only going Conklin because of what I've seen in the past couple of weeks with volume. But reality is, is like either one of these guys could go off this week and either one of them could do absolutely nothing. Both could do absolutely nothing in this game. But I or do think they, have or they can both go off and Justin Jefferson could do nothing. <laughs> I think just uh, Justin Jefferson and KJ Osborne were tied in points last week too. <laughs> no, but but seriously, I, you do raise a really good point there, Chris. You know, if they do get back to their blitzing ways, which is you know that's also kind of like something. You know, what's the Ravens' defense? You know, they seem to be like going gung-ho against the Chargers, but then, you know, against the Bengals, they really didn't do everything that they were uh, as advertised, you know? So well, that's kind of why I asked the question, because I know a lot of the conventional wisdom is going to be this Ravens secondary is really struggling against the tight ends. But if you look at the numbers, it's Travis Kelsey did really well, Darren Wall did really well, and Siege yeah. Uzma had a great game um, for that Cincinnati game, but he had three catches and hit the two touchdowns. So is that volume actually going to be there, or is it going to be something that's kind of a mirage of the numbers versus the reality of what's on the field? And I just want to kind of question, give you guys takes on this because I think a lot of people are going to eager to put a tight end in the lineup, particularly with the you know the targets you're talking about lately, and kind of might be disappointed when they realize that this team might bring pressure here, and there's going to be reasons why maybe he's not as involved as you think he's going to be. Yeah. All right. Before we move on to our next game, we have another question. Um, you guys think Devontae Parker is worth uh, picking up? You know, he's been in and out of the lineup throughout the season, um, but certainly has some talent. Uh, I would definitely say yes. I, I I have some differences with the Dolphins organization. I, for one, believe in Tua. So <laughs> yeah. I, I like his weapons. I think he's been fine uh, as of late. And Devontae Parker, last we saw him, played pretty well. Mm-hmm. So – yeah, I, I would definitely not hesitate to pick him up down the stretch. Yeah, I echo those sentiments. I mean, Devontae Parker, that notion that him and Tua can't be on the same page got really dispersed, mo- dispensed most of the season. You have no idea if Will Fuller, when or if he's going to ever be back on this lineup. So uh, Devontae Parker still going to be a weapon. And you already saw last week with him actually returning, still not 100%. He was the alpha in that passing game. Mike Gusecki kind of took the background seat. Jalen Waddle kind of got faded a little bit. One person who's been really consistent in offense as long as he's been healthy has been Devontae Parker this entire season. Yeah, you know, I'm in agreement with both of you guys. I think Devontae Parker poses a good threat for the rest of the season. I mean, we saw Jalen Waddle get the, you know, get all the targets, you know, 12 targets, but he didn't do much with him. 
every one of targets that uh, every one of the targets that Devonte got, you know, he was doing something with. You know, when you go four for twelve, it kind of really just shows at that point that you're maybe still developing as a rookie. You know, Devonte is an established vet. You know, he's the go-to guy in this offense. He's the safety net for Tua. Go with him. Um, Gasecki's afterwards. Waddles the flex play. Well, I mean, Devontae, technically you would call flex play too, maybe a wide receiver three. But, yeah, so I would definitely pick up Devontae Parker if you have the chance to pick him up. I'm surprised that there's a lot of teams or a lot of leagues that would have him out there. Yeah, you you would be shocked. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, but moving on to our next game, um, Packers-Chiefs, which on paper should be a blowout. So it will be probably like 20 to 17. Uh, <laughs> so this is kind of one of those games where, I mean, you kind of have to play the guys that you have here, but also like you've got to be pretty concerned doing it. Like what are you going to do? Bench Kelsey or Mahomes? Like you can't do that. That's not allowed. You're not allowed to do that. But also – it hurts. <laughs> it might hurt. Uh, it really might. Um, we're also kind of do it feels like for one of those Tyree kill dud games that he was having early in the season, um, considering he dropped nearly 30 points last week. Uh, it's only fair that that's followed up with two points and then like 30 from Kelsey this week. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I, you know. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is in 15 minutes, Geico could save you 15% or more. It feels like every time we predict a shootout, it's going to be, you know, like I said, like 2017. So <laughs> I don't know. What do you guys think here? Aaron Jones is a play. <laughs> He's 100, a play. <laughs> <laughs> I would even say AJ Dillon's a play at this point with that yeah. putrid ass defense. Oh my God. Dev- Devontae Booker was eating them alive last night. Yeah. So there, there's my take play the Packers running backs. Otherwise, also play your studs from both sides, but yeah. you know, don't be shocked if they score either, either thirty or three. Yeah, I tend to agree. I mean, the Chiefs have definitely been a disappointment. Um, I, I, I myself went into last night's game. You know, I needed Patrick Mahomes a good game, feeling this is going to be like a seventeen thirteen game somehow, and when I be twenty seventeen, so I wasn't far off. Um, I do think there'll be a bit more offense in this game than we saw on Monday night, though. Um, I think that, you know, you talked about who to play, not to play. Of course, you have to play your stars, to play Kelsey, to play Tyreek Hill and Mahomes. You want to temper expectations, but they should be able to be still solid. Green Bay secondary isn't any good. They don't really have a pass rush. Um, so there should be a little bit more improvement there. And then on the Green Bay side, 
I totally agree. I think AJ Dillon is going to be a guy that you can throw in a flex option for you this week. I think that he, to me right now, looks like the more healthy, more explosive back in the backfield and a harder guy to kind of tackle. So I think as long as he doesn't fumble the ball, he should be out there being utilized, particularly against his Swiss cheese Chiefs defense. Um, we saw how they kind of struggled tackling, uh, similar to the Ravens have tackled this year. And then offensively also, I think Devontae Adams comes back, so that's going to be where you actually see Green Bay actually be able to move the ball more consistently in the passing game. I don't like any of the other kind of edge guys that you talked about. Randall Cobb, to me, is a no-play, even though it's a good matchup on paper. Um, I don't care if Alan Lazard comes back or Rand Scatling comes back. I'm not really touching either one of those guys. Maybe one of them could have a decent game. Maybe just somebody you want to avoid. If you want to find somebody to try to stick in his lineup, maybe, or for one of these teams in your lineup, could be Hardman. Hardman's been pretty consistently as a number two receiver the last couple of weeks, especially in PPR leagues. He's getting that six catches, 60, 70 yards. Um, maybe he gets you a big play. He's not really getting down the field. Nobody is for Green for um, for Kansas City right now. But maybe he's a solid play that you can throw as your next option. I wouldn't play Darrell Williams having got burnt this week myself, um, having him because he's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, handcuffed. There's a lot of talk that Edwards-Hilaire can come off the IR this week. Um, maybe he will, maybe he won't. I also would caution you about playing him if he does come off. I think right now this Chiefs backfield is going to be kind of more of a split initially, especially in Edwards their first game back. So I wouldn't want to play any of those guys necessarily in the Chiefs backfield this week. You're not going to play Gore? Yeah, I'm not playing Frank Gore. Whatever freaking Dark Gore is still stealing my, my carries. Um, I know it's a great matchup for Green Bay, but I, I think this, this backfield right now, you don't want to really touch anybody until maybe you get more clarity what's going on moving forward. All right, uh, Justin, unless you have anything, then we will kick it to the Sunday night game, Titans-Rams. Nope, my only plug on that one was A.J. Dillon because I figured that everybody was just going to play the guys that they have in that one. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much what you have to do. Those are some top-heavy yeah. teams. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you're not going to sit Aaron Jones, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, or Aaron Rodgers. Unless um, you have both Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. Which, oh my God, that's a hell of a situation. Here, here's a question um, that I I ask it knowing the answer, um, but you know someone might be tempted. Uh, how do we feel about the Packers tight end situation moving forward? Is it Mercedes Lewis? I think it's going to be the kid from Cincinnati, uh, Degroa. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I'm last name pronouncing correctly. I actually liked him coming out of society. He's a decent pass catcher, and he seemed to be Aaron Rodgers. He ran a wrong route and couldn't line up in the, in the formations, but other than yeah. that, he seemed to still be a favorite guy to actually go to. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think it'll be him. Um, but given what Tanyan was doing before that, I don't know that it matters. Great, great, great point. For for fantasy purposes, at least. I'm sure he'll be a fine you know fill-in. But for fantasy purposes – unless we start seeing a, a massive uptick in uh, receiving touchdowns to the tight ends, it don't matter. Um, yeah, just wanted to throw that out there because I, I feel like, uh, you know, that'll be the natural reaction um, to that injury. But Tanyan really hasn't been that effective this year, so I don't know if his backup will be just due to volume issues. Um, you know, he was already pretty touchdown dependent. Um, but all right, we've been kind of, um, you know, Going ahead of you, Justin, so we'll let you kick off. Titans, Rams, what are your thoughts? Spill spill your your thoughts. Spill my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> get it out. Get it out. We need um, a <laughs> uh, let's see. You know, I 
don't think I'm going to go near the Titans running backs this week. Um, they draw a pretty good run defense against the Rams. I mean, they haven't been what they were in the past. They're still pretty stout. Um, that being said, you know, I don't think Tannehill – I don't hate Tannehill in a 1QB league. Um, I definitely would start him in a 2QB league. Uh, as far as, you know, I, does anybody really know when Julio Jones will ever be back from this hamstring injury? It seems like he's been lingering for three, four years now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what's your definition of back? Like on the field or, or like not having a hamstring issue? Those will be very different answers. <laughs> Let's go with on the field. Yeah. Um, for, for two quarters or for a game? Because that's yeah. also the other difference. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but AJ Brown, I'm wheeling him out 100%. This is 1000% his um, offense right now. He tallied 150 of Tannehill's 100 or 265 yards in that game. He is this offense. Everybody else just kind of plays a role and gets a first down when they need him to. But, you know, as far as that goes, anybody else on that offense, you know, wide receiver wise, I don't even know. I mean, I would I would pretty much stay away from all of them to be honest with you. Um no flexing Westbrook Akine. I I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> How what? deep is my league? <laughs> <laughs> um on the flip side, uh starting cup, starting woods. Um, I think Higby's a decent play this week. Um I like Henderson, even though the Titans have had a pretty good run defense. Um Obviously, start Stafford. How are you guys feeling about you know Van Jefferson now that Deshaun Jackson's out of out of uh, L.A.? Are you are you liking him as like somebody who you can flex on the regular? Are you liking him just as a matchup to matchup guy? I think he's closer to being a a, a regular flex guy. He's a lot closer. Um, you know, it kind of depends on what. You know, if you have him already, then, uh, you know, he's been already treated as a matchup flex, I feel like, mm-hmm. um, which means you have someone else that you're kind of deciding between. So it just kind of depends on who that other person is. Um, but he, he certainly does get a boost uh, losing to Sean Jackson. And, um, you know, I would have been a little bit concerned about Tutu Atwell, you know, getting those deep shots because that's kind of the role that we projected him into was the Deshaun Jackson role after the season. But of course, they injury. lose to Sean Jackson, and then they immediately lose to Tutu Atwell to injury afterwards. So uh, no worries about that. Yeah, for me, I think that he it definitely has more of a floor, and you're more you're more you know happy or more content putting him in your lineup. But I still think he's a desperation flex for the most part. Like if you have to stick this guy as your flex option, you do. I don't think he's the ideal flex option. I think that you know if you have a a roster, some you're banged up in injuries. I mean, it's got to get thrown out there, but I don't think it's somebody you're trying to figure out how to plug into your lineup right now. Okay. Yeah. I think that third receiver is kind of is kind of too iffy for this team. Like Higby could have a good game. We Van Jefferson have a good game. Robert Woods could actually do something while Cooper Cup does something one of these games. So it, to me, it's there's too many different valuables where they spread the ball a little too much around outside of Cooper Cup for you to kind of identify that third guy in this offense right now, other than the running back. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I mean, like you Hig- said, everybody's getting some. <laughs> Higby, um, Higby versus uh, 
Van Jefferson is kind of like our our Osborne Conklin. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a great, great, big comparison. A little more yeah. upside in his polyest East too, but yeah, definitely yeah. good. Well, you never know who the weeks can actually be. <laughs> very true. Yeah. Um, all right, I can't imagine there is uh, too much more with Titans Rams. Mm. I was going to um, say real quick, I'm a little bit more more Lukaku on McNichols, maybe. I think he is the clay. Um, I think he's more of a pass catcher, as people kind of alluded to, but he's not new to this offense. He does have a little bit more physicality to him. As long as he's healthy, he can be like a poor man, Devery Henderson, in a lot of ways. Um, Darrell Henderson, actually, sorry. A lot of ways where he's going to get you some decent scrap yards. He's going to get you some catches. I wouldn't say he's going to go out there and you know kill anybody or go crazy, but this Rams team hasn't been great against running backs for most of the year. Um, and I do think that you're going to see some of the pressure be a problem for Ryan Tannehill. I think it sets up that he should be able to tether the ball in this game, but you're going to see that their offensive line isn't good pass protection. We saw them kind of the Jets actually were able to get a lot of pressure on him. So I wouldn't be surprised the Rams can get some similar pressure with Aaron Donald and adding an extra Von Miller to the edge. It could be really interesting for this Tennessee offense in general. So I think McNichols has that nice floor where you can get some check downs. He's going to have some opportunity maybe in game situations as the game progresses. I think he's going to kind of be the guy for saying the backfield for the most part this week, especially. Yeah, I do agree with that. Like you said, especially this week. And I think part of that is uh, even if Adrian Peterson does start taking a significant workload, talking about a 36 year old that their first practice will be today, right? Tomorrow, today, today, tomorrow, probably, one of the yeah, two. Probably tomorrow. Yeah. So a 36 year old will, there's a game Sunday. Their first practice will be tomorrow. I'm going to wager that he won't hit his full workload uh, this week. Um, so uh, I think McNichols will probably get a pretty decent workload this week, especially. Um, and, and we'll kind of gauge, um, you know, what his role is going to look like in the post Henry world. Um, now, I will say, uh, and has very little bearing on this game in particular, but I am just so, so, so sad that Darrington Evans is on IR when Derrick Henry goes down. That's just, it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. It's so sad. All right. But anyways, moving on to Monday night, a game that is sure to be packed full Fiery <laughs> offensive action. So many fantasy points <laughs> left and right. Bear Steelers. <laughs> and boom. Wow. <laughs> All right, boys. We'll... Although the way this year's gone, it, it probably is to shoot out this week. I mean, it's just been a crazy last few weeks when the guy teams are supposed to score don't and teams like the Jets are dropping 31 points. So I mean it's just been it's been ludicrous. Yeah. But, yeah. So with that. Uh, which team's going to have a higher point total? Uh, Chiefs, Packers, or <laughs> this game? <laughs> I, I mean, logic says Chiefs, Packers, but God knows right now. God knows. Right, man, it's, it's just, yeah, just at this point, whatever your first uh, first thought is as far as point totals go, probably fade that. Um, <laughs> uh, but in all seriousness, um, there are a couple – Volume plays from this game. Uh, to your point earlier, Justin, uh, Freermuth, seven targets, last two outings. That's pretty solid. Uh, of course, Deontay always gets his targets. Najee Harris gets a ton of volume, both in the receiving and rushing game. Um, I would say that there's worse um, 
<laughs> there's worse options in a two QB league than Ben, but not by a lot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, but not by a lot. <laughs> no, um, I, I I said oof because I agree with you. Um, so I was going through my waiver wire today, and Ben Roethlisberger was the third option behind Mike White and Taysom Hill, and I was like, oof. When you're when you're behind the backups, as far as projected points, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is tough, very very tough. So he is currently QB twenty eight. He has played every game, um, so that's really cool. The highest points he has so far this season is a grand total of fifteen point twenty two. Oof. <laughs> so. Not exactly what you're hoping for out of your quarterback. Uh, don't play Ben Roethlisberger unless you're desperate in a two QB league. Um, but yeah, on the flip side from the Bears, I guess play the running back. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts? We haven't heard much from you here. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree. This game has all the signs of being a pretty ugly. I definitely think you start out Harris. Um, this Bears defense isn't the Bears defense that people think about for the most part, and they've been kind of really mm-hmm. exposed over the last few weeks. If there's any chance that Khalil Mack does not play again, I think you're going to be more confident sticking than maybe as possible, even maybe possibly Ben Roethlisberger in a two-quarterback league because the Bears without pressure, they have no hicks right now. Robert Quinn's not the key guy. Their secondary is not as good as it used to be. I think Deontay Johnson's in a smash spot right now for this game. I think he's going to be a really premium for this, this secondary to be able to cover. I like Jalen Johnson, but he doesn't follow you around. He kind of struggles with guys who are quicker. Um, Playpool is kind of still going to be a hit or miss because you never really know if you can get the big player or not or be involved enough. But I think you can start Deontay Johnson as a guy who I think is a must start. I think Ben's a you know, consideration. On the Bears side, I agree Herbert should be the guy. Uh, you saw, although people had him kind of being the back, the alpha back already, Daniel Williams did start last week. But Daniel Williams got hurt again. So probably a good chances is going to be Herbert. Um, and it was kind of watch watch injuries, how they kind of progress, because Damian Williams isn't going to be forgotten about necessarily in this offense. Don't read too much into the Justin Fields breakout, quote-unquote, game. Um, he threw the ball better. He did run the ball a little bit more. Um, you know, two things are going to change this week. One, number one, Matt Nagy will back, be back on the sideline, so that's <laughs> going to be much <laughs> a number one strike against him and his opportunity. Number two is this Steelers front uh, seven is pretty good, particularly a uh, guy named Watt. They can come off the edge, and he's going to give this Bears team a hell of a, a lot of problems. You saw what the Cleveland Browns were able to do this offensive line when they were able to kind of get edge pressure. Justin Fields could be in for a long day, so I wouldn't get too cocky about Justin Fields and putting him out there this week. I think if you're going to yeah. play any other receiver or you know, skill player other than the running backs in this game for the Bears, it's probably a Darnell Mooney. I, I can't believe Al Robinson's died the way that he has right now on, on the field, and this is mind-boggling to me, but – he just seems to be somebody they have. He's the o, he's OBJ of the Bears right now. So I think just right now he's out there just be out there. I'm also kind of surprised he didn't get moved because he is really doing absolutely nothing for them. Like you could, you would have thought that someone would want him for a rental for the second half of the year, but it's crazy. But I, I, I guess I don't know anything. Um, all right, guys, uh, we have one more little mini segment here to wrap up the show. Uh, Thank you guys so much for listening. All right, squad, who are your underdog, um, your under-the-radar 
plays of the week? Who are the guys that, if you're in a pinch, you think you can go grab them up waiver, off waivers right now, you know, plug and play. Let, let's get right into it. Uh, Chris? So I think a guy that maybe has some closet, you know, secret upside, especially when it comes to PPR legs, it might be Elijah Moore. I've been beating you know, Elijah Moore drum most season and kind of disappointed, but that's Adam's guy. I think you saw him be actually involved. He had, he had six targets, had six catches, which is like quadruples efficiency for the entire season combined, basically. <laughs> um, I think you're going to see him, that he's going to be utilized, continuing in his passing game. Corey Davis probably will not be back. So Moore will be the kind of the guy they look for. And you've seen this whole entire season that Colt secondary has struggled against speed guys. They've got quick speed guys on the outside. I think Elijah Moore could be one of those sleepy, you know, sneaky guys you can get in your lineup this week, maybe hands out for you. Yeah, I like it. Um, I'm going to go back to the same well that I've been in for two weeks now. I'm riding Jamal Agnew until, A, he stops being available in leagues, or, B, he stops getting, like, 10 targets a week. Um it doesn't matter if his efficiency is utter garbage. Uh, he's getting the ball so much. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're making it a point to use him. Um, and it's because he essentially has uh, the role that LaVisca had uh, when he was in the slot. Uh, LaVisca's now out on the outside because of the Chark injury. Um, but somehow Jamal Agnew's doing it slightly better and getting more targets um so one that's incredibly unfortunate for LaVisca both to get taken out of the slot and also that you're getting outperformed by a kicker turner and B great for Jamal I mean, that's been an incredible revelation um so yeah I'm definitely going to go ahead and if I'm desperate I will plug and play him and feel safe that my floor is him getting seven targets nice nice um I'm gonna say Pat for your move um, you know, there's, a there's only a few guys on the tight end side that'll get volume consistently and have a chance to, you know, pull out a touchdown or pull out some solid yardage. And most of them top five wise haven't been doing it consistently all year long, or they've been injured. So if you can get somebody who's just outside like the top 15, but, you know, has a chance to really creep in there. At by the end of the season, uh, why not? And with Ebron being down, the the longer he's down, the the more chance that Freemuth has to lock up this position going forward. So, yeah. I think uh, at eight percent rostered rate right now, there's a there's a good chance that he's available in your leagues. <laughs> that feels like a chance. very good chance. <laughs> All right, guys, that is it for the show today. Thank you guys so much. Uh, for joining in, um, you know, and uh, being engaged with us. We really appreciate it. Um, Justin, what are you working on this week? Um, so I already got my waiver wire out. out this week. What's up? Right. What are you working on slash what have you gotten out? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I got my waiver wire out this week. Um, I'm really going to try and uh, hit the DFS this week. I've missed it for the past two weeks, but, you know, I'm going to really try my hardest to get it out. And then, yeah, um, hopefully I go back to start since next week. I trade off with Kevin Wilson this week. So, you know, hopefully uh, he gets back to waivers. I get back to start sits because I really enjoyed my start sits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. And Chris, 
what time should the people be tuning in uh, to go check out Belly Up MDFF show? Yeah, so check us out. I mean, they are, we are on five days a week, Dan more so than me, but on Wednesday nights we'll be on. You jump on around 9 o'clock, take a listen. We're going to preview in the Thursday night game and then also getting into the 1 o'clock games, early 1 o'clock games. And then on Friday night we're going to be giving you know, just about DFS. We have our DFS giveaway. Um, we also get some gambling odds. It's also going to be on 9 o'clock. We have Chaz Flory joining us as usual, giving you guys some tips and bets on how to make some cash some tickets. And we had opportunity to kind of you know play for free, win some prizes. So tune in on nine o'clock on Friday nights. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, to the Belly Up Fantasy Live football show uh, preview and waiver wire uh, roster move show. Uh, we will catch you. Um, Sunday, and then Tuesday. Betfred has come all the way from England to the great state of Iowa with over 50 years of sports betting experience. Fred is known in the UK for three things, customer service, bonuses, and delivering the best overall experience to players. Need more? Download the Betfred Sports app today and receive up to $250 in free bets when signing up. No emperors, no movie stars, just a sports book you can trust. Download today. Proud partner of the Iowa Wild and Iowa Cubs. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. And now it's Geico's Motorcycle Rules of the Road. Avoid biking in the rain and never touch another person's bike. Hey guys, look at these bikes. So shiny. Uh, whoops. I'm gonna leave a note. Oh, gosh, there's more. And the rule to saving on motorcycle insurance is, in 15 minutes, GEICO could save you 15% or more.